not again. And just in time to start the NBA season. Good afternoon, morning, evening, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Rosato back. Part one of two of the Round Ball Revolution podcast. My other partner, John McNicious here. And yo, John, what is up with you, my man? The season is upon us. It's like Christmas Eve right now. Like, I know that the season starts tonight, but the Sixers play tomorrow. So, I don't really care, honestly. I, I don't care if, like, people die on the court, whatever happens tonight. <laughs> well, that's that's probably stretching it a little bit. But it's Christmas Eve. Tomorrow is Christmas Day when we get to watch Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, Dario Saric, all on the same court at the same time at some point. I'm like, I'm, I can't wait. I'm so, I'm too excited. Dude, and you know, it's so funny to me. It's like one of the most underrated parts of the Sixers basketball season is Mark Zumoff. And he just makes his voice is just like such a such a warm, comforting voice that I've heard all my life, you know, watching the Sixers play basketball. And it's and it's good to have him back. And Allah really fits with him well. So I'm really excited uh, for uh, them as well to get hype. Uh, they deserve it, man. Uh, they've uh, they've commented on some terrible games uh, by the Sixers in the past couple of years, so they deserve to get uh, you know not only a lot more people listening to them this season, but to get to watch some good basketball finally. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for Zoom. He's been the best basketball commentator for you know as long as I can remember listening like watching basketball games. Um, you know, he's the voice of you know my childhood and middle and middle school years i miss uh i miss steve mix a little bit they were a great combo the mayor the mayor of mixville mm-hmm. but uh i I, li- I do like Allah. i think he's come a long way he was started a little rocky but uh at like over last season and so far in the preseason this year uh he's been really impressive and i think he's he's good he's very goofy and a little silly but i think he's uh really starting to find his rhythm um yes and I, I think that that's good. That's really good for the team as a whole. Yeah, I know. Appreciate you, Sam Hinky, for getting us Allah too. So, thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing you can't do, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I don't think that's actually what happened. But hey, I'm just gonna give him credit for that as well. But hey, guys, uh, John and I run the Round, Round Ball Revolution website and podcast. Uh, you know, basically what we do here. You know, since it's still early, we're gonna let you know. We talk Sixers. We talk NBA. Uh, you can follow us at Roundball Rev uh, on Twitter or at Roundball Rev Pod, right? And uh, uh, John can be reached at John underscore McNish, and I'm at underscore Matthew Rosado. And we do this thing. We're now on Facebook, and we're now iTunes official. So look up the Roundball Revolution podcast and subscribe and like all that good stuff. Also, we have um, Nick Auerbach, our our third. Uh, master in command of the podcast, running the Twitter most of the time. So at Roundball Rev Pod, uh, mess with him if you. It's actually our our at RB Rev Podcast. RB Rev Pod. I have to change that. Sorry, sorry guys. At RB. Oh, I have that. I just di- typed it in a. Uh, see, look, I gotta, I gotta stop it. RB Rev Podcast. Nick Auerbach. Shout out to you, buddy. Thank you for all the work that you do. Um, and of course, we have all our beautiful writers online. So hit them up, like the stories and such now it's very exciting time uh it's one of the most beautiful times of the year you know you got football on baseball playoffs hockey's on and the philadelphia 76ers are going to be playing basketball uh for real not for fake or summer league or euro basket for dario or preseason shenanigans this is for real we're playing 
uh, against some of the top competition in the NBA to start the year. And based off just summer, I mean, not summer league, uh, preseason alone, John, what are your takeaways looking into these first couple of games here? What's going, what's on your mind about that? Well, the thing that comes to my mind right away was that I was trying to tell everybody not to freak out about, uh, about the first few preseason games because Brett Brown was trying a bunch of different stuff, blah, blah, blah. Joel Embiid wasn't playing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Joel Embiid started playing in the last two preseason games and lo and behold, totally different team. Ben Simmons came alive, uh, dominated the last preseason game, 19 points, biggest out, biggest, uh, output of the preseason for him. Uh, Embiid was a revelation in his first preseason game uh, against the Nets. Uh, But yeah, they looked entirely different. I I don't think, uh, I think, didn't JJ shoot like 12 of 14 from three? Something absurd. He he was money. But John, real quick, before I let you continue, are you telling me that sports fans were overreacting based on a few uh, games I, that didn't matter for anything. I would never say something like that, but that's a hundred percent what was happening. What the? This is ridiculous. Get out I of am town. Appalled. Get out I'm of town. That's never happened before in the history of sports. Oh. Never one time. Never happened Unreal. before, especially not in Philadelphia. <laughs> no way. No way. That's not Philly at all. At all. Uh, that's so funny. But one of the most yeah. uh, one of the most interesting uh, things that came out of the preseason was Brett Brown talking about uh, Fultz not starting, uh, not going to be in the starting lineup to start the season. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, uh, yeah, I did uh, see that. Um, you know, I feel like like in in my gut, I feel like there's something that they're not telling us about his shoulder. So, like, I'm not going to, like, speculate too much on that because I feel like it would uh, keep me up at night. You know, I'm already uh, up at night for other reasons, uh, you know. Uh, decisions that some of the front office staff has made in Philadelphia uh, in the past couple of years moving forward in different sports, not just the Sixers. But as far as Fultz is concerned, I think that he's still going to play like 25 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes coming off the bench. I don't – I think he'll be coming off the bench early and often. I think he'll be involved uh, very much. I think that they're going to try to get him more involved with the basketball by, you know, running the offense – uh, when Simmons comes out to kind of, uh, you know, uh, get himself into some sort of a rhythm, so that way he can better be better as a catch and shooter and driving to the lane. Once Simmons and him are, uh, you know, coexisting on the floor, I don't mind it. Um, I'm not devastated by it. And uh, our own uh, Marty Teller wrote about it, and uh, he had some good points. Me, I mean, there's a lot of good young guys, and Marquette Fultz is really young, like super young. Uh, guy with uh, a lot of potential uh, and that's why we uh, you know drooled over him so much when he was at Washington but uh, I'm not worried man I really think that uh you know there's going to be uh a, I don't think it's going to be a crazy long development cycle for him I feel like he'll be starting after about a month I think yeah I was thinking more around like the all-star break but it might be faster you never know um I do just, I, I do I think, think he's so there's talented, something going on you know? yeah he's a ridiculous talent and I was saying that um last week um that like it what happens now doesn't dictate you know what happens for the rest of his career like everybody just needs to relax and like we finally have the number one our number one draft pick playing in the first game of the season like just focus on that and be excited don't be so negative and look to look for things to be upset about 
because uh, I realized that that was something that I did for a while during the process. I would just look for stuff to get mad about. And I feel like there are a lot of people that haven't moved past that. So they're like, oh, God, now I have to watch Jared Bayless or whoever's going to be starting uh, instead of him. But, like, just chill out. Honestly, what does it matter? James Harden, I don't think, started one game in his uh, first two years in Oklahoma City, something like that. And he looked, and look at, look at him. He's fine. Totally fine. And that's the guy that most NBA people compare Fultz to is Harden. Harden and, and Dwayne Wade. Like some kind of weird crossbreed. Which, if he <laughs> becomes like anything like either of those guys, that's a win. That's a win. A win is a win is a win. And exactly. just be happy about that. Like, hey, no, time out real quick. I still want to let you know that I will still be upset that if Bayless starts just because I personally uh, have some disdain for him. But I'll let you continue. Go ahead. I'll still be upset though about it. That's fair. You you have the you have the right as an American to be upset about whatever you want to be upset about. Um, but yeah, uh, as Matt was saying, uh, Marty Teller has uh, had an article that we put out on Round Ball Revolution. Uh, I believe it was yesterday about uh, about different guys in Fultz's position, like Kobe Bryant, um, James Harden. Like I said, like guys that didn't start out of the gate, and it turned out to be just fine for them. Uh, so I, I think if, he, especially if his body's not right, which I think I said last week, which I, I don't think he's a hundred percent, and they've just been, or they might just be resting him, and maybe now he is going to be a hundred percent. Who knows? Um, but I think that we'll see a different, we'll see a different guy when we see Fultz on the floor than we saw in most of his preseason action. The times when he didn't look uh, as great, but the times when he was attacking the basket aggressively, like he looked so good. And I think that we're going to see a lot of that, and I'm very excited about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fultz is somebody to be very excited about. But there's another guy we should uh, probably be more excited about, and that's uh, newly cornrow-wearing uh, uh, Joel Embiid. He's here, ready for action, but he came out in cornrows Dude, he looks so good. He looks so good in the cornrows. I was surprised. Not is he the best sixer to ever have cornrows? Uh, we'll, we'll pop the brakes on that for right this second. <laughs> but who know, maybe By the end of the season, maybe you know. You know who knows. That's um, true. I, I, uh, my love for Allen Iverson runs so deep. Uh, you know, yeah. you can. I know you were trying to. Ba- I know you were the, trying to bait me there, and that's fine. Just no, know. no, no. I just saw it on Twitter, <laughs> so I figured I'd ask the question. No, I know. Yeah, uh, I think Max Rappaport was talking about that this morning or this afternoon at some point. Yeah, you can inject uh, that uh, 2001 first uh, NBA Finals Game 1 into my veins uh, at any time. That game is one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed, and I was such a kid. And every year I at least watch it once because uh, my boy AI did some dirty things. But Cornrows, good look. Uh, his hair was getting a lot wild. I think that the headband with the hair poofing out of the top, it was just a little bit much. From, like I was kind of – I feel like he was using it as a distraction technique, although he doesn't really need distraction techniques because he's so talented. But it was just everywhere. It was kind of freaking me out a little bit <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, as far as that. Um, at least Nerlens, you know, he kept it clean. By, you know what I mean? Well, so I, was just... honestly, that's the reason why they traded Noel and not Okafor is because he stopped wearing the flat top and he started rocking that weird garbage twisty nonsense yeah, what was that dude it was he aw- looked like he was in mega it was awful i stopped caring about no about noel honestly when he stopped running the flats up i lost a lot of <laughs> i lost a lot of my appreciation for him i couldn't even get that mad about him being traded because you know yeah like the same thing with your sampson he had that like ridiculous hair for the first couple years 
then he you know shaved his head thought he would like clean it up a little bit and i was like nope you're gonna get cut dude like your hair was yeah. part of your it was part of your mystique part of your persona you need it absolutely and i think uh you know i don't know man i think that uh Embiid is paying homage to uh Allen Iverson with the cornrows, though. I really, I know that Embiid respects AI a lot for what he's done for the city because Embiid loves Philly just as much as AI does. So I'm excited about that. But um, Embiid's on a limit restriction to start the season, man. And uh, I was, you know, wondering what you thought about that. Uh, I think that they're going to progress him a lot faster than they did last year. Um, I am not a big proponent of the minutes restriction uh, at, at this point in his career. Um, because they had him on that last year, and he was still get, and he still got hurt. So what? What is it really? What is it doing? Like, what's it helping by having him on a restriction? Like, I we I was we were talking we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but um, I think that the minute restriction goes again, like it doesn't do him any favors. It like is probably putting him in a position where he's more likely to hurt himself because he goes even harder because he doesn't have the time that the other guys have to show their stuff and to. Uh, to really go as hard as he wants. So he goes he goes super hard every second he's on the floor and he tries to make every single play because he just doesn't know, you know, how much time he has left on the court um in that game. So I feel like at this point uh I'm sure that they're just doing it as a precaution until he gets in game shape, uh, until he get like he looked a little heavy uh in the preseason, so I think he'll he's going to try and lose, you know, a little bit uh of what he's carrying. Um, and get you know his win back, but I think that they are as but like being so public about it is not great. But also, I think that they like obviously he's not happy with it. Um, he was saying so he had some choice words about it uh, in the media today, and I think they're going to progress it pretty quickly. I think he's going to be around twenty minutes tomorrow night, and then you know hopefully he's up to thirty by the end of the second week of the season. Um, they definitely can't. Af- I don't think they can afford to progress them as slowly as they did last year. Yeah, I agree. I think it's precautionary. And his words, uh, as uh, clean up as possible, uh, uh, he felt that his minutes restriction is flipping bullcrap. Uh, that's uh, that's Joel Embiid's words, not mine. Uh, flipping bullcrap uh, is kind of how he feels about it. You know, I don't really feel that way. I feel like. Um, you know uh, that the same way that he feels i i do agree with you uh you know as far as you know diving out for balls and things like that like playing a full 36 38 minutes whatever uh is gonna give mb you know the ability to kind of grow into the game more um you know he's has to expend less energy throughout the game not saying he's gonna not gonna be giving 100 percent but he's not going to have the song Lose Yourself by Eminem in his head for 15 to 20 minutes a game where he only gets one shot, you know, do not miss your chance to die for the ball out of bounds and, and break something. Uh, you know, if I could just uh, – I feel like that makes – that's a good point that I'm making there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't like to, to reference rap songs that much because they – encourage uh, you know bad behavior uh but i do jam to to it to get me hyped for sixers basketball no doubt but uh mb he's just he's uh you know he's one of those guys where he's going to dominate in 20 minutes he's going to dominate in 30 minutes uh you know he's going to dominate in 40 minutes it doesn't really matter and the the goal for this team this year is you know uh 
the moment. So, right? You know, it's the moment. It's it's time to to dominate and grow this team. And the more he's on the court, it's going to benefit everyone else. It's not just him personally. It's going to benefit, uh, you know, Simmons having that guy in the post. It's going to benefit Covington. It's going to benefit Redick. You know, it's going to space the floor for all those guys even more than the spacing they're already going to have. But, uh, you know, he's just such an elite basketball player. He's the best center in the NBA. So the more he's on the court, it's going to benefit the team more. You know what I mean? You don't want to have a situation where he's at his minutes limit, you know, against Cleveland and we're, we're up by three with three minutes to go. Like you gotta, like, it's not worth that anymore. You know, it's, we're not at that point anymore in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's not just about growing and developing. It is about that, but it's at the point where it is also about winning games and Mm -hmm. you're not going to win enough games with your best player on the bench. You're just not going to do it. Um, So I, I think that he, like they just need to take the take the chain off, like take him off the chain and just let him run wild because he's he's the only guy who knows a hundred percent what you know what his body's doing, what is what's going on with him. Um, you know, you can get a bunch of doctor opinions, and I'm sure that they are all very you know well respected in their field. But um, you know, you just can't you can't uh, you know, guess about a guy's pain level or what about, you know, what a guy can handle. You just have to see if he can handle it and then, you know, see how it goes. But like you're, it, it, they're going to win. They're going to win a good amount of games this year. I feel like they're, the Sixers are going to be a good team. And in order to know exactly what the team looks like, you need to know how they play with Joel Embiid. And you're not going to find out what they play, how they play with Joel Embiid. If he's on the bench, if he's playing 20 minutes a game, like you, yep. ha- you have to let him play. You have to, but you have to see how the guys fit with them, how the guys play with them. And I'm sure that they will all play, you know, they'll all play well no matter what because they have a lot more talent this year than they have had recently. Um, but you you need the linchpin, and that's what he is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, but with that being said, uh, uh, you know, what breaking down the season, looking forward, uh, you know, Let's talk about that because we're going to have a post coming out with all our guys uh, basically breaking down their preseason predictions. Or, I mean, their regular season predictions before the season starts. Um, uh, what do you think is this team's record? What do you think uh, is the expectation that you have? And, uh, you know, where do you think this team will be uh, coming the end of the season this year? Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on this a bunch. Um, but I think that they are going to be – uh, like 46 and 36, something like that. Like they're going to take, they took an 18 win jump last year and they added as much talent as they added between before that season. So I think, uh, making another big jump that's similar and similar in uh style, especially with how much weaker teams five through 15 in the, uh, East Eastern conference are. Um, I think that, that is really going to do a lot for them. And they are going to be very, uh, very competitive in the East. Um, there aren't, you know, there's nobody that's going to look at them on the schedule and think that they're, you know, a sure win anymore. Um, you're not just marking them off, uh, unless you're the Warriors, probably. But the, uh, yeah, I think that they win around 40, 46. Uh, the upper end, I was, I sometimes I, I think 48, like 48 and 34. But I think, uh, but whenever I think that number, I feel like I'm getting greedy. So I, uh, 
you know usually dial it back down to the to the to the 18 more wins yeah yeah, i mean you have a right to be uh a right to be feel that way though this team is talented man there's no doubt about that so so feeling a little greedy isn't isn't a bad thing um you know obviously there's gonna be ups and downs with the season we have a young team so young teams will obviously uh struggle a little bit at times um uh when mb's not on the floor you know, or, or they're implementing something new or players moving around and things like that, um, you know, off nights for shooters and things like that. Uh, but this team's full of shooters now. This team's full of uh, defense. It's full of length. It's full of speed, athleticism. So, you know, that being said, my – I mean, I was somewhere in that range, uh, 45, 37. Uh, you know, I don't think that they're going to be 500. I, I feel like they're going to be 500. And people, you know – uh, I think the line is 40 and a half uh, for the Sixers this year in win total. And people are loving to bet the under. And I think that they're going to be heavily disappointed. I really uh, hope with, that like it's, I really hope that money. a ton of, that a ton of people bet the under on the Sixers. They do. Year. It's one of the most, bet, I, one of the most betted lines right now is the Sixers under uh, 40 and a half games this year. Yeah, that's, that's all well and good. But uh, those people that are making that bet are dumb and they're going to be wrong. Yeah, I know. And they're going to, I don't a fool they in, also think Lonzo Ball is going to win MVP and stuff, you know. Yeah, a fool and his money are easily parted. So <laughs> that's that's true. Um, that's probably why I'm broke. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's crazy. You know, forty and forty and uh, forty four is not really the expectation this year. Not in the conference. Not with the talent they have. You know, uh, going over five hundred, maybe being you know a fifth or sixth seed uh, would be. Uh, the look for them, you know. Um, people are down on the Sixers. They got really hype around the draft and and you know pre uh, the summer league and stuff. But you know, all of this speculation about injuries and this and that and all the restrictions and stuff. People love to freak out and panic and worry, and uh, I feel like they're going to be heavily disappointed. But yeah, people don't. I don't think a lot of those people are really thinking like how bad the team the non-playoff teams in the west and non-playoff teams in the east are going to be this year like the bottom six teams in each conference are horrendous like there's going to be the bulls aren't making the playoffs no the bulls might (laughs) win like 12 games this year like they are they are going to be really bad um who else is in the conference that's going to be terrible um the Knicks are going to be pretty rough. I think the Knicks are going to be real bad. Like Brooklyn's not going to be as bad as they have been, but they are still going to be bad. Um, yes. Uh, who else? Who else is in? I I like can't even think of the other teams in the conference right now because they're just they they're not worth thinking about. Um, they're <laughs> yeah. Like let, let's say like the oh, the Pacers are going to be a disaster. The Hawks are going to be a disaster. The Magic are going to be like a dumpster fire. I like they're just like those bottom six teams are so bad that like the Sixers getting to play each of them like three times I think it is right mm-hmm, um, is like a, a, that's a gift and they're gonna be they're gonna stomp the teams that are lesser than them like yeah and in the West like the Suns and the Kings are gonna be bad I think the Mavericks are gonna take a huge step back um, yeah I do too I agree with that. Yeah, like the uh, uh, the Jazz, I think are gonna are gonna step back a lot. I like I just don't think that 
like a lot of the, like the top tier teams are still really great, but you know, that's it. Like the Lakers are, aren't going to be good. Like people are talking themselves into that, but like if the Lakers win more than 30 games, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Agreed. You Definitely know, agree. If I, and if I, you know, if I'm wrong, if I end up being wrong, I'll admit it, but I don't think I am. Like, I think that yeah, the Lakers I, I are going to be pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree, man. And it's just like, you know, the league obviously knows, uh, you know, something if they're going to put the Sixers on TV so much, um, you know, this year. We start out tomorrow uh, with a uh, Wednesday night showdown at 7 o'clock on ESPN versus the Wizards. It's, uh, you know, one of it's one of the primetime matchups that they'll be heavily, you know, heavily, heavily watched uh, by NBA fans, especially because everybody's going to play, um, you know, uh, besides uh, Rashawn Holmes, who's obviously still, still dealing with an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, but all the players, be... all the players that matter are finally going to be on the court yeah. in the same game. And that's, the studs. and that's something that you can't get more excited about. Yep. Agreed. Um, but yeah, no. So the Sixers open up tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night against the Washington Wizards uh, away, and then Friday night, Celtics coming. Yeah, it's, to, fr- it's Friday night, and I feel all right. Friday night, and I feel all right. I will be at the game, getting super hype uh, with my cousin, uh, and hopefully a few members of the uh, the Round Ball Revolution team getting excited. Man, it's game one at home. Well, it's game two, but game one of the, you know, home uh, stand. And uh, it's going to be awesome, man. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. And we're playing the Celtics with everybody. So we'll see how they do guarding Joel Embiid. Uh, we'll see if they can actually uh, do anything. But, uh, you know, uh, they just announced, the Celtics just announced that um, Tatum's going to be in their starting lineup tonight. And then they come to us on uh, Friday. But tonight they play the Cavs, which should be a fun uh, little matchup, uh, John. We got the. Uh, Celtics, Cavs, and then the Rockets and the Warriors to start off the NBA season tonight. And honestly, I couldn't be happier with these two games that I'm going to watch tonight. I really can't. I'm really not. I mean, unless it was the Sixers game, but next year when they win, a, you know, playoff games and stuff, they'll be on opening night. I guarantee it. <laughs> I think that sounds reasonable. Um, yeah, I think that this is definitely it's a great choice by the NBA of the teams that they have. You know, it's the top the top two seeds from the uh from the east last year and it's the top it's the empty champion uh warriors and the the rockets who you know everybody expects to be their foil this season um right since they had a chris paul oh i think that i i actually think it's gonna be hilarious when the rockets finish like fourth behind okc and the spurs yeah um because i i think that that is you know almost a certainty i you just can't can't pencil the spurs in for anything below the third seed at this point um i like uh but yeah i think that's going to be a really fun matchup to watch high paced um a lot of you know a lot of a lot of threes being shot it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch um and then you know i'm all about the grudge match and lebron just hates boston i think at this point and i think he's going to try to dunk so hard on Kyrie that his soul leaves his body and i'm here for that yeah Yo, he's gonna truck stick Kyrie heading to lane and score. Oh it's yeah, be amazing. That's like yo, a real quick though, certainty. Real quick though, over under fifty five three pointers uh, in the Rockets Warriors game tonight. Would you take the over on that? Made or attempted? Uh, attempted. Over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm like I'm checking out some of these uh, interesting little lines here. Yeah, uh, but uh, fifty five threes attempted. That's a gift line. That's over. It's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. Uh, 
but uh but yeah man it's a, it's a really good first night and then you know obviously gonna follow it up tomorrow i am actually back in uh delaware right now and i was contemplating going tomorrow but uh you know i i think i'm just gonna save the um save my uh you know energy money and just watch it prime time and go on friday and get super hyped for uh sixer nation it's gonna be crazy guaranteed sold out guaranteed packed house it's going to be nuts dude i'm so stoked yeah i'm really excited for this season i think everybody's saying that you know oh nobody even cares it's a two horse race blah 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 and like that's probably true but there are that doesn't mean that there's nothing interesting or exciting about the league this year like every team's one injury away and like the warriors are probably more like two injuries away but they've had you know pretty ridiculous amount of luck for the last few years, like Steph Curry's ankles haven't disintegrated yet, so like they got to be thanking their lucky stars on that. Um, well, he hasn't guarded Fultz yet, so we'll yeah, see. it's early. You know, <laughs> Sim- Simmons might cross up Fult- uh, Curry into oblivion. Uh, I, I would, I would probably die if I saw that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the see, like the anything can happen in the NBA. Like I know that it's it's you know been a foregone conclusion the past three seasons have had the same. Teams in the finals, blah, 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 cry me a river, don't care. They were all really fun to watch, weren't they? They were. They were all, like, very well, uh, like, significantly viewed, um, and it's just fun. Like, it's fun watching the best players in the world play basketball. You know, sue me. I want to watch them all. So, I like. I think that the Cavs are going to be a lot of fun once Isaiah comes back, uh, because he can really score, and he's going to benefit a lot from uh, playing with LeBron, having more shot creators than just himself. Uh, on there, out there is going to be nice for him. Um, but yeah, I think that's all going to be really fun. Oh yeah, it's um, going to be. A, it's gonna be a do, we, do, do we want to predict some NBA awards? Yeah, we definitely can predict some NBA awards. Um, Joel Embiid for all of them. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. That <laughs> including Coach of the Year, they're just gonna they're gonna fire Brett and replace him with player coach Joel Embiid. Listen, man, he deserves every category. <laughs> no, uh, definitely. Uh, Let's do it, man. Uh, do you have some uh, some queued up already? Uh, I really didn't. It was more like a flying by the seat of my pants type of situation here. That's you know how I like to go about my business. Well, look, I will definitely, definitely bust out uh, some predictions. Um, I think the MVP this year is going to be uh, LeBron James, uh, and I think yeah. that it even in sixty-five games, maybe seventy games, I feel like he's going to dominate at the highest level, and. Uh, and really make his team better uh more and i mean realistically last year was a pretty close race i know lebron wasn't like in the top two but he was fantastic last year had one of his best statistical seasons ever and uh played phenomenally Uh, and i think that uh that'll continue but even more this year with a guy that uh is a pretty good catch and shooter in isaiah and then uh jay crowder of course um you know kevin love uh scooping up rebounds hopefully doing uh, you know, kind of staying consistent like he did last year. LeBron's the best player on the planet, and I think I feel like next year the best player on the planet is going to win the MVP. Yeah, yeah I actually agree with you 100% on that. I think the hotter take is that uh, no Warrior will finish in the top three. In, uh, rookie, or in MVP writing? Yeah. I think, like, people assume Ooh. that they will, but I don't think that Steph or Durant finishes in the top three i think the top three is lebron i think Kawhi finishes two 
because um, he's gonna he takes a step every season, and I feel like he's right. He's ready for another one too. Hmm. Um, Who's number three? It's gonna be somebody like it's somebody out of left field. I feel like like not. Uh, I feel like it's not gonna be Russ because he's not gonna score as much or rebound as much um, with all given all the pieces that they added in Oklahoma City, um, which is honestly like better for the team, but not as much for his individual award situation. Um, mm. I could see Harden, but I don't really think so because just because CP3 demands so many touches, um, and he's not gonna have the ball in his hands as much, so he's not gonna have the assist numbers that he had last year. Um, you know, I, I mean, I like all those guys with the exception of Chris Paul, um, and I think that they're all gonna be really good, but I just don't think that they'll, they'll be in that that position. Um, I would say no Celtics will be in the top five, like no Hayward or Kyrie. Absolutely. Um, uh, what's let's see. Probably Giannis, to be honest with you. I would be. I think that's a guy who could definitely come in, especially if uh, Milwaukee like finishes in the top, uh, like in the top five. Um, He's a dark horse candidate for MVP just because of uh, the crazy numbers that he puts up. Yeah, but, uh, and just, like how much responsibility he has is up there. Mm-hmm. I think a guy like yeah. John, like John Wall, could really jump himself into the conversation this year. I think he's my like dark horse, like t- for the not for to win, but to be in the top three. I think he's a guy who could really, um, you know, catapult himself, especially if they finish ahead of uh, like Boston um, or something like that. Like if they finish in the top three. In the East, I feel like mm-hmm. he would be in the top three in the MVP voting. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's uh, let's move to Coach of the Year. Uh, I think honestly, uh, you're looking at. I think that strictly based off of, uh, you know, just looking at it, completely unbiased, I think the best candidate this year would probably be Stevens. Uh, I don't like him personally, uh, and my my favorite personal personal favorite to win the job is or uh, win the award is if the Sixers win over 45 games I think Brett Brown will probably win it if the Sixers uh, if, if, if the Sixers make the playoffs seed, they're gonna win it if the Sixers make the playoffs I think Brett Brown gets the award and I don't think it's close I like I think yeah. that Stevens isn't gonna win the award because they're gonna have they're gonna win fewer games than they won last year if they're I mean if they're in the top two I feel like he has a his, he has a great shot just because he didn't who won it last year it wasn't uh who won Coach of the Year last year? Um, do you do you know? Pull that up, because I don't think it was Stevens. It wasn't. Um, you know? I'm lo- I'm thinking about who it was right now. Could you know how uh, how the I, NBA is? I think I, you back. I think it was Steve Kerr. Was it? I'm just assuming because okay, I feel I'll, like, I'll I feel like it while you. Uh... Oh no, it was D'Antoni. Oh, it was D'Antoni? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I that's um, the thing is I like you know NBA is one of those leagues where they're like, you know I feel like it'll they'll get you back and if they win I mean if they win fifty five games, I feel like he'll be he'll be highly in the running for it. Um, yeah, but uh, I but really I, I just don't see it. I like the Celtics aren't going to be able to defend anybody. No, I agree with that. I just feel like during the regular season nobody really defends anybody. It will matter it, like they'll probably lose in the second round because they can't defend anybody, but. They'll win a lot of games because they'll score a lot uh, of points. I just don't think they'll win as many as last year. But, like, at the same time, I think they'll get you back type of thing. But I, I'm glad that we're um, in consensus uh, on Brett Brown. Uh, you know, he's 
he definitely like if there's someone that definitely deserves it, uh, especially if they make the playoffs and if they're you know 45 win team. You're talking about a guy who has one of the worst losing records in coaching history to start his career and then makes the playoffs with the team that he you know uh, the Sixers have built. Uh, you know, it wasn't his coaching per se that was losing them games. It was more along the lines of kind of, you know, the lack of talent there. Uh, I feel like he's a solid coach, and he's going to get um, his due this year for sure. If not winning it, then definitely top three. Yeah, I think so. And then Popovich is always there, and I feel like oh yeah, if the Spurs finish with like a top two seed in the West, uh, Popovich is pretty is like almost a shoe in. That's um, true. That's definitely he, he's the real deal as well. So. I would like. I think it would be good if, because since you know they're buddies, if it was Brett Brown and Popovich finishing one and two, that would be a nice, oh, yeah. sto- a nice little story. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that too. Rookie of the year, though. Uh, rookie. Of I the mean, year is, I feel like there's. Only, I'm not even being. I'm, I'm not even being biased. It's Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons. Is yeah. Gonna, he's going to have the numbers. He's going to be on a good team. He's going to be visible for voters. Like he's just going to win. Are you like, sure that Malcolm Bragdon can't win it again? Positive. All right, because I feel like there's going to be, you know, some sort of Malcolm Brogdon situation. No, and I'm, I'm just being obviously uh, uh, a funny guy there. But, but no, I I mean, barring something just completely absurd, Ben Simmons is going to win. The, his party per 36 numbers at LSU and then in preseason are just – they're just nuts. And it with him, he's going to play a lot of minutes. Like, he's going to be heavily utilized uh, in this offense, and he's going to, you know – He's going to – I think he'll have – I mean, here's a hot take for you, but, I mean, 10 triple-doubles might not be out of the question this year. Yeah, I think for that – For Ben Simmons. He's such a good rebounder and such a good passer that as long as he can score, it's fine. Like, he's fine. Yeah. Like, the other yeah, things the other things just happen for him. Like, no, he just he can fall into <coughs> – excuse me. He can fall into 10 rebounds, 10 assists a game just by playing with the guys that he's going to play with and by being – he's just – he's so smart – and he sees the game at such an advanced level that he's in the right spot to get rebounds all the time. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I really like that about him a lot. Um, like, I honestly, I don't think Lonzo finishes in the top three. Uh, I do. No. I, I like kind of expect him to get hurt at some point, and I don't want him to just because I want him on the court and not being as good as everybody thinks. But um, I think that Dennis Smith is going to be pretty good he's going to be good and fun he's going to have a lot of touches and opportunity in dallas um i like him i think that uh the clippers uh dude uh the european guy tia dosich even though he's like 30 um i think he's going to get some votes because he's going to be really fun um yeah yeah i think that there's there are just so, there's so much talent in the rookie class that there's it's going to be really hard i think josh johnson is going to get uh or Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson is going to get a ton of uh, opportunity in Phoenix because that team's going to be bad, and he's going to be able to be on the court a lot. I don't think Tatum's going to be you know a factor at all. Uh, De'Aaron Fox isn't like he's going to be splitting time with George Hill. He's not going to get an, enough minutes really, and that team's going to be terrible. Um, hmm. So yeah, I really think that uh, that Simmons is the guy. About head and shoulders above oh, the yeah. rest I don't, of I don't, this uh, rookie class. Like I don't even think like it's a it's a debate at all at mm-hmm. all with anybody. I mean, a Lakers fan might or a Celtics fan might argue with you because they're you know they're ridiculous, but I, I just don't see it. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Move on to the most improved player 
because um, I think that six man and defensive player we should hit last. But most improved player, uh, who do you got? Who do you think is going to be the guy that really takes the step this year? Uh, most improved player is so hard to pick. Um, I think. Um, what about D'Angelo Russell? I could see it honestly. Um, I think D'Angelo Russell is really good. Uh, I think he's been good, um, but he's going to have the ball a ton in Brooklyn. So I could really mm-hmm. see him. I could really see him putting up a lot of numbers this year, and I really hope he does because um, that would be fun. Fun to see. Yeah, I definitely I agree too. Um, you know, with that I feel like it's always somebody that like, comes out of left field that... for that one though. It's so like hard to predict. Yeah, no, I know. Um, another couple of guys, uh, Justice Winslow, I feel, because last year he was injured, uh, was playing well, um, but I feel like if he puts a season together, uh, you know, I don't like the Heat that much per se, but uh, you know, I really, really do enjoy his game, and he was he was a, a vital part of their team before he went down, um, starting playing big minutes. Uh, he could definitely uh, benefit with all of those $4 million 50, uh, or four-year $50 million contract players that the Heat signed this year. Uh, <laughs> over there, so I feel like he'll be um, up there as well. You know, um, you know, one guy I like for uh, for most improved player is Miles Turner. Yeah, like, I mean, but... like that team is that team's going to be bad, but he's going to put up big numbers because he's the only guy who could do anything. Yeah, I feel like he's just going to be good, but but this like his stats and stuff are all going to get inflated. So that's definitely a good a uh, good uh, good prediction there. But yeah, most improved player is definitely hard to <clears throat> hard to uh, you know quantify. Uh, but let's see, um, let's see, six man of the year. Do we? You got you uh, got to take on that. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of really good six men. Like I think um, what I want to happen and what I think will happen are two totally different things. Like I can I guess what you want to happen? Oh, I mean I'm sure it's very plain to see that I think Dario is like one of the best <laughs> six men in the league. And I think he's gonna he's gonna put up big numbers, um, and he's gonna play really well. But I feel like the sixth man is just always a guard. So like I feel like it's yeah. gonna be uh, Eric Gordon or Lou Williams or somebody like that. Um, it, it feels like that just always happens that way. Um, so I think that Eric Gordon will probably get the award, but I would really love it if Dario were uh, were the guy that could uh, that could step in and get that and break that tradition. If the Nets aren't terrible, Alan Crabb could be the guy, uh, uh, just because uh, I he did he was really like pushed pushed down towards the end of the season um, in Portland, uh, but isn't he he's on the the Nets now, right? Yeah, he's gonna have I'm a lot of he's that. gonna have a lot of opportunity. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll, just because he got faded into obscurity. Shooting. Yeah, he's just gonna have mm-hmm. to he's just gonna have to you know he's gonna have to average sixteen to eighteen points a game and shoot at a high percentage. Uh, you know, to be considered for it. But, yeah, uh, he's, he's, gonna, a great, he's a great shooter. So. It's probably more like 18. Since they're not going to be good, he's going to have to be good. Usually the six-man six winner is like, on a good team. That's true. That's true. Shout-out to Aaron McKee. Yeah. I saw, some, I saw some people saying Will Barton for six-man of the year for uh, from Denver. Didn't he just get hurt or something? I think so. He just broke uh, his ankle. Yeah. yeah. So probably not him. But like the Dang, idea, I, I I like enjoy the idea behind that. But Barton like doesn't shoot the ball ever, and yeah, like I think the Nuggets will be improved. They'll probably be one of the lower playoff seeds in the East or in the West. But um, you know, I still don't think they'll be 
that good. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's going to – I mean, that's another interesting one. I, I would love um, Dario to win, but I would much rather Robert Covington win Defensive Player of the Year uh, than I would Dario winning uh, Sixth Man of the Year just because he is my dude this year. And uh, coming soon, there's going to be an article by me where I really get into his development – and uh, I shout out uh, John, um, you know, in the article because uh, he makes a good point about Robert Covington's de- total development as a offensive basketball player, um, not just uh, in totality. But last year, uh, Covington didn't receive any love uh, on the all NBA defensive team, but he did receive love. He, I believe he received a vote or few votes for defensive player of the year, and they were well-deserved, and he deserved more. Uh, he was just on a bad team. And like you said, it's it's typically more around the teams that are competing. So with the Sixers competing this year, Covington is such an elite defensive player, uh, you know. And you you put Kawhi up there, guys like that that are lockdown wing defenders. Covington's up there, and this year, you know, I'm excited for him to get paid because he deserves it. And I hope that it's not too much, so that way we can kind of continue to grow, you know. Because once we get Doncic and whoever we sign in free agency this year, you know, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be uh, good to have a little bit extra funds lying around. But uh, Covington is Covington is my dark horse candidate to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you know, you got Gobert, you got uh, you know Cousins, you got these uh, DeAndre Jordan, big big um, centers that kind of uh, you know defend the rim, uh, elite you know elite guys. But Covington is a, is an elite defensive player, and it's killed me. That, well, uh, the the award is basically like Draymond Green's to lose. Um, yeah, that's true. Because that, he, I mean, just that's, because, that's because obvious, he but... does he does so much, uh, he defends you know on the best team four and a half positions. He's on the best team, um, so you know it's usually between he and Kawhi, um, and then you know Rudy Gobert and, um, who else did you say that I forgot? Um, Gobert and DeAndre jo- Jordan. Jordan. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like those guys will all you know be up there, uh, but Covington is so effective on the perimeter that you know he should be in the conversation. But here's a hot take for you: if uh, I think that Embiid is the biggest impediment to Covington getting more notoriety defensively, that's true. Because that's true. Uh, because Embiid is the best defensive big man in the game, like statistically, that's just a fact. Um, uh, so if he not plays, just statistically, um, you don't even have to have stats. You can yeah, put them you can out just there watch. with nobody one on one with any of the biggest, you know, any of the big men in the NBA, and he dominates them. Yeah, you so. could just you could just watch him play, you know, for five minutes and know that he's the best at it. Um, so I feel like that is actually a big, a really big impediment to Covington uh, getting more uh, recognition in that category. Uh, but Covington is so good; like he can defend three positions. Um, at least, you know, just that I've seen, maybe four. Um, and he, you know, deserves some credit for that. And he, he I'm sure he will. Like he and Embiid will both get votes, I think, for uh, an all all NBA defense team. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think it's probably still going to be Draymond, um, and if not him, probably somebody like Gobert. Um, just because he's been so he has carried that team defensively for a couple years now. Yes, I I agree with that. But yeah, just so you guys know, uh, you know, listeners here, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. But we are Sixers fans, and I hope you understand that that's blatantly obvious in everything we talk about. Uh, <laughs> our 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 website is a Sixers uh, website, 
uh, and we do, uh, you know, have uh, love for our Sixers. So, you know, the Sixers themed uh, player of the year awards uh, in every category. You know, we, we, we've got some love uh, for for our home team for sure. But, Listen, uh, we're just being positive. Every, like we're in a time where most people are looking for negatives. We look for the positives. That's right. Optimism is key, man. And, yep. uh, you know, we, we do this. But, but yeah, so you got uh, in the finals, do you have Cavs Warriors or do you have some other crazy finals? Or is that where you're going with it this year? I like Cavs Spurs. I, I just I, something ha- something is going to happen with the Warriors. I don't know what it is, but something is going to happen, and they aren't going to make it. I don't know. I like. Do you my, think the Spurs can beat the Thunder if the Warriors are out of the contention? I just Popovich is the best coach in the game, probably in the best. Oh no, pro- probably in the history of the game. And I, I think that the Thunder and Spurs, if they if that's the a matchup of the playoffs, is going to be like a seven game bloodbath. Oh my um, god, yeah. It'll be fantastic. But and I would love to watch it, but I oh, I I don't I just have a feeling about the Spurs. I just it's in my gut. I like it. That I mean, it would be very very good for the game if the Warriors are not in the finals. It'll be very very bad for the game if LeBron's not in the finals. Uh LeBron is still the NBA. So let's let's make that very clear. It's not about Steph, it's not about, you know, his his adorable kids or or wife that makes cooking shows and stuff. It's about LeBron James still. Um, and when his son comes, it'll be about LeBron James' son, uh, LeBron James' son. But when uh, LeBron leaves, it'll be all about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, but but yeah, uh, I think I think that LeBron versus another foe would be cool. But I just I just think that the world deserves another LeBron uh, Warriors Finals, uh, just because if LeBron beats them, you know he he'll have the Boston Celtics to thank. Uh, you know, for giving them Jay Crowder for basically, you know, for free basically, um, with Isaiah Thomas. But you know, I think the Cavs are going to win the title. I don't, I don't know who they're going to play, but I think that LeBron's going to win this year and that he's going to go somewhere else. Uh, that gives him the best chance to get back to the finals again. Uh, that's what I think, at least. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I think he's definitely out of Cleveland after the season. He doesn't want to oh, be yeah. there. Um. So I think he's definitely out. He wants to win another title. So I think I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won this year. Um, yeah, like I was saying, I just for whatever reason I don't think the Warriors win this year, and I don't a hundred percent know why. It's just I, I feel it. Um, what else? What else was I thinking about? But yeah, I think that trade with the Celtics really gave the the Cavs, you know, uh, a better ma- like better matchup flexibility against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Being able to play a guy like Crowder with, uh, you know, whoever else in their lineup, um, he gives them a lot of perimeter defense. And, you know, he can play and some let's sw- LeBron play some four. relax a little bit. Exactly. Um, so LeBron was dead, man. He looked like me, uh, like, five minutes into pickup basketball, but, like, in the third quarter. Like, how I look five minutes into a pickup basketball game, that's how he was looking in, like, the third, fourth quarter. He's just, like, hands on his hips. Like, I could have ran my inhaler out to him. You know, he was just like, yeah, uh, he was, he was out of gas for sure. Yeah. And he was doing it all by himself, you know, and, and people are hounding him like, oh, he did it by himself. Michael Jordan did it by himself. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That's, like, well, that's are, false. That's fake news. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah uh, look at the team that he's going against, uh, you know, and there's a lot of pressure on the Warriors this year. So obviously they're going to mess up. Uh, you know, they have to prove that they're the greatest team of all time. So they need to win again. 
But uh, I just, like I said, I, like you said, I don't, I don't see it happening. But, um, but yeah, man, we got a fun season on tap. Uh, next week when we talk to you guys, I will tell you about my experience at the game. I'm going to uh, share some pictures online, obviously, on the website, on the Twitter page, on the Instagram page. Because we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on every type of book. I'm pretty sure we're about to make a MySpace just because, just in case somebody has a MySpace and they want to see us. Well, that's actually we'll, that's actually a lie. We will never be on MySpace. That's dead technology. But um, don't don't do that to me. We're gonna put them in our top eight <laughs> friends list. You can find right. us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at roundball underscore rev. Uh, Instagram's the same handle. Um, you can find us and our pod, and our Twitter handler Nick uh, at. Um, RB Ref Podcast. Uh, you can email us. So you can find us or email us at roundballrev.com um, or roundballrev at gmail.com. I don't know why I can't uh, formulate my thoughts right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can follow Matt and I, Matt underscore Matthew Rosado, and me, John underscore McNish, on Twitter. And that's all I have for the for the people. For the people. Yo, and, and you can tell that I'm just like absurdly over the moon about basketball coming back because i've just been saying random stuff uh all uh podcast long and i appreciate you guys uh holding it down with me and john the season is here christmas has come early markel Fultz, ben simmons joel Embiid, dario sarge robert covington matt rosato john mcnish the round ball revolution podcast we'll see y'all next week